0: I just want to update something we said recently, comments we made about Mother Teresa. There's been a lot of uh, items in the press recently about Mother Teresa. I actually met her once. I was in Calcutta and a friend of mine had to go over to see her. And I tagged along with him. And I met her. So you can shake the hand that shook the hand of Mother Teresa if you want to. A little woman, very small and very friendly actually, but her theology sadly was very much astray. Here's a quotation from her, another quotation, she says we are supposed to preach without preaching, not by words, but by our example and by our actions. I don't know how Paul and those would have gone on if they had followed that completely. Here's a comment from Mother Teresa. We never try to convert those who receive our aid to Christianity. But in our work, we bear witness to the love of God's presence and if Catholics, Protestants, Buddhists or agnostics become for this better men, simply better we will be satisfied we we'll go on to Deuteronomy chapter 9 and we read a few verses in Deuteronomy chapter 9 and we we'll start reading I think in verse 9 Moses is still recounting uh, all the things that had happened throughout the, the the life of the children of Israel in the wilderness Moses went up into the mountain verse 9 when I was gone up into the mountain to receive the tables of stone even the tables of the covenant which the Lord made with you then I abode in the mount forty days and forty nights and neither did eat bread nor drink water And the Lord delivered unto me two tables of stone written with the finger of God. And on them was written according to all the words which the Lord spake with you in the mount out of the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. The ten commandments were written on these tablets of stone. It came to pass at the end of forty days and forty nights that the Lord gave me the two tables of stone, even the tables of the covenant. And the Lord said, Unto me, arise, get thee down quickly from hence. For thy people which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They are quickly turned aside out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten image. Furthermore, the Lord spake unto me, saying, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff necked people. Let me alone. Leave me, he was saying. God said to Moses, Don't interfere. Let me alone that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven. And I will make of thee a nation mightier and greater than they. What an offer to Moses. So I turned and came down from the mount and the mount burned with fire and the two tables of the covenant were in my two hands. And I looked and behold, ye had sinned against the Lord your God and made you a molten calf He had turned aside quickly out of the way which the Lord had commanded you. And I took the two tables and cast them out of my two hands and broke them before your eyes. What an object lesson to the children of Israel. And I fell down before the Lord as at the first forty days and forty nights. I did neither neither eat bread nor drink water. Because of all your sins which ye sinned in doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. He obviously came down the mountain, saw what was happening. What was recorded in Exodus 32, if you read it sometimes, some things happened, some things he did, and then he eventually went back up the mountain again. I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure wherewith the Lord was wroth against you to destroy you. But the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also. That's lovely words. The Lord hearkened unto me at that time also. And the Lord was very angry with Aaron to have destroyed him. And I prayed for Aaron also the same time. And I took your sin, the calf which ye had made, and burnt it with fire and stamped it and ground it very small even until it was as small as dust and they cast the dust thereof into the brook that descended out of the mount the Taberah and the Massah and the Kibruth Hatava ye provoked the Lord to wrath likewise when the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea saying go in and possess the land which I have given you then ye rebelled against the commandments of the Lord your God and ye believed him not nor hearkened to his voice ye have been rebellious against the Lord from the day that I knew you then I fell down before the Lord forty days and forty nights as I fell down at the first because the Lord had said he would destroy you I prayed therefore unto the Lord and said look at it soon what he said Moses was up the mountain with the Lord and then the Lord suddenly said to him go down get you down quickly for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves arise get down quickly for thy people which thou hast brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves They are quickly turned aside out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten image. And then God added, Furthermore, the Lord spake unto me, saying, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Let me alone, that I may destroy them, and blot out their name from under heaven, and I will make of thee A nation mightier and greater than they. What news for Moses. Standing there before God. When he had left the camp 40 days previously. All had seemed well. But now utter wickedness and pending total disaster. As Moses turned to leave it says the mountain burned with fire. And the two tables of the covenant were in his hands. The judgment fire of Almighty God was being revealed in a very dramatic way. But those in the camp were in total rebellion and were fearless of the impending judgment. Before, when the the fire had come out of the camp, they had said to Moses, We are fearful, you speak to God on our behalf. But no, they they were in complete rebellion. How true of the world today, isn't it? This world is under judgment, yet man hurls himself into pleasure, sin, worshipping the idols of merchandise, false religions, gods graven by their own hands, living in apparent total disregard for themselves and for their future that's the way it was with the children of Israel under the mount of God you know God says in Galatians 5 verses 19 to 21 it says now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are immorality impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery enmities strife jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing and things like these which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That list Is an amazing list, and it is a clear picture of the world as it was in Moses' day. It was like what it was in Paul's day, and it's just the same today. Go through that list and read the paper, and you will see it just fits exactly the situation in most of our cities and towns throughout Britain today. But God also says to us as Christians Abstain from all appearance of evil Abstain from all appearance of evil For instance, if you take immorality We keep away from anything to do with it Or what is associated with it We don't get involved in it And so on Now One of the phenomena of today is J.K. Rowling and her books about Harry Potter. I have mentioned these books before and I believe that we as Christians should stay away from them. Why? Because we are told to stay away from all appearance of evil. The main theme of these books is witchcraft, sorcery, And death. Sorcery, we are told to stay away from it and to stay away from all appearance of it. Subjects which Scripture condemns, especially feeding our innocent children's minds with these things and thereby giving them an unhealthy spiritual interest in the occult. You know, the occult is real, it's not a joke. It's dangerous, not to be played around with. It's satanic. The graving tool is still working overtime. It's a disgrace. But to continue, you know, we know that faithful Joshua had gone up the mountain with Moses. And he'd been waiting around for 40 days and 40 nights. And when Moses appeared again, down to where Joshua was, they continued their way down. In Exodus 32 and 17, it says, And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they got nearer the camp, he said unto Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. He could hear all this shouting. Then he said, It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery. Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome. But the noise of them that sing I hear. The noise reached up into the mountain. But you know it soon became clear. Very very clear. An orgy of naked dancing around a golden calf with apparently Aaron he who would be the high priest encouraging it all these be thy gods hail O God these be thy gods O Israel which brought thee out of the land of Egypt and Moses is telling the people how this affected him I took the two tables and cast them out of my hands and broke them before your eyes why did he break them well he was very angry he had just received the law from God God was going to destroy these people and before he had got back to the camp the law had already been broken and he threw them down it was a a very forceful object lesson for the children of Israel did you notice also we've already said Moses, Moses was a wonderful man a humble man the lure of a greater power and a greater nation with him as the head greater than Israel did not appear to be very high on Moses' agenda. He seemed to have ignored it all. He didn't want it. He had a greater love for the people that they would glorify God than for his own glorification. We shall see how this all works out when we look at his prayer later on at the end of the chapter. Now, it's not recorded in Deuteronomy, but it is recorded in Exodus, that Moses then shouted out, Who's on the Lord's side? And the tribe of Levi gathered round him, and he sent them throughout the camp, and 3,000 people were slain that day, as a result of their rebellion. We also know that Moses, as it says here, he ground... The, the statue he burnt it and ground it to dust and then he poured the dust on the water and in Exodus it's told that he made the people drink it as a punishment. But we will follow on the, the, the story as he told it in Deuteronomy chapter nine. He had ground the, the statue, he'd made the people drink it Then it goes on in verse 18. And I fell down before the Lord as at the first. Forty days and forty nights. Another fast. Two fasts fairly quickly one after the other of forty days and forty nights. I did neither eat bread nor drink water because of all your sins which ye sinned by doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure for with the Lord was wrought against you to destroy you it weighed so heavily on his heart here we have a picture albeit a poor one of Moses as a type of the Lord Jesus Christ interceding on their behalf before God lovely picture of Moses Pleading for those people. First John, chapter two and verse one, we read, "My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's our advocate before God. He's the one who pleads another's cause before a judge." He's the counsel for the defense. And Jesus Christ is our advocate in heaven. When we sin we have an advocate with the Father. Moses was pleading on behalf of the people before God. Christ pleading on our behalf before his Father in heaven. What a wonderful saviour we have mediating between God and man. The only one. He's the only one capable to perform this mediation. No so-called saint, no mother of God, no vicar, no priest. No one except our great high priest is our mediator between God and man. And you know, to those listening to this long speech that Moses gave in the book of Deuteronomy when he recited these events of the history of these rebellious people it must have been a total eye-opener to some of these people to realize that Moses was pleading on their behalf that he had declined any self-exaltation but he pleaded with God for 40 days and 40 nights They must have been stunned into silence. Moses pleading with God for their very existence. And then these great words which we read in verse 19. The Lord hearkened unto me at that time also, also. He reminds them... Of the previous times when ye rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God and ye believed him not, nor hearkened to his voice. When they they cried out for water, when they they complained about the food, when they they wouldn't believe the spies, the reports from Joshua and Caleb and went with those who disbelieved God, 40 years in the wilderness as a result. And he says also, he pleaded before God on those occasions. This should make us reflect on our past times. In our walk with God, our Saviour, and how lovingly he has sought us and brought us back into fellowship with him when we have sinned. In tenderness he sought me, weary and sick with sin, And on his shoulder brought me back to his fold again. While angels in the heavens sang until the courts of heaven rang. Oh the love that sought me. Oh the blood that bought me. Oh the grace that brought me to the fold. Wondrous grace that brought me to the fold. When we sin we have an advocate with the Father. Remember Peter when he denied his Lord. And he repented with much bitterness and tears how he must have felt but what a wonderful message Jesus gave when he was resurrected he said go your way and tell his disciples and Peter how that must have touched Peter's heart tell the disciples but also make sure you tell Peter Jesus said he was going to go before them and he'd meet them in Galilee and he'd see them there. But Peter was included. We have an advocate with the Father. He is our Saviour and our Mediator. And now we're going to look for a few moments just at the prayer of Moses. The prayer of Moses is starts at verse 26. we just read it. O Lord God... Destroy not, destroy not thy people and thine inheritance which thou hast redeemed through, through thy greatness which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand remember thy servants Abraham, Isaac and Jacob look not unto the stubbornness of this people nor to their wickedness nor to their sin. Lest the land which thou broughtest us out say, because the Lord was not able to bring them into the land which he promised them, and because he hated them, he hath brought them out to slay them in the wilderness. Yet they are thy people, and thine inheritance, which thou broughtest out by thy mighty power, and by thy outstretched arm quite a short prayer but what a wonderful prayer well, let's look at it O Lord God he first and foremost addresses he acknowledges that God is Lord O Lord God he goes on destroy not thy people and thine inheritance which thou hast redeemed through thy greatness which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand Moses reminds God of his inheritance. We read that God said that he would be as a husband to Israel. He reminds God of how they had been redeemed from the power of Egypt. Through, as we know, the, the blood of a lamb. This is their vital link with God. He acknowledges that their redemption was nothing of their doing but by God's greatness and by his mighty hand and then he says remember thy servants Abraham Isaac and Jacob he reminds God and acknowledges the promises of God his prayer is therefore based on total trust in a God Who keeps his word. Then he goes on. Look not unto the stubbornness of this people. Nor to their wickedness. Nor to their sin. He confesses the sinfulness of the people. Confesses their sin. The fact that they are sinners. And as a result their wickedness. As so obviously just shown by their recent behavior. They were sinners and they were wicked. He pleads for God's mercy because they are a redeemed people. Then in verse 28, Lest the land which thou broughtest out say because the Lord was not able to save these people, you went and killed them in the wilderness. He is ever conscious. Moses was ever conscious of the testimony of his God... that God would be glorified among the nations... that was his object... that God would not lose face... as we would say amongst the nations... that his name would be magnified... and not dragged in the dirt... through the misdeeds and sins of his people... and finally... he yet he says in verse 29... They are thy people and thine inheritance, which thou broughtest out by thy mighty hand and by thy outstretched arm. Finally, he again pleads with God and again confesses, When all is said and done, that despite all their sin and wickedness, they are thy people and thine inheritance which thou broughtest out by thy mighty power and by thy outstretched hour. What an amazing prayer. Short prayer. The long prayers needn't necessarily be the best ones. Sometimes the short ones are better. Somebody said they'd like a a prayer in a sermon, but they don't like a sermon in a prayer and that's very true sometimes people pray and they give us a sermon instead of a prayer but this prayer was short, it was amazing we don't hear prayers like that these days look again at the points do our prayers have any of these salient matters when we pray first of all I'd say is God Lord of our lives do we acknowledge that to him when we pray Do we acknowledge that he is Lord of our lives? But more importantly, do we acknowledge it by our lifestyles? Moses did. He was a humble man. He was not out for any self-gain. He acknowledged to God that he was his Lord. Second thing, we are in a relationship with God. He's our Heavenly Father. We, the Bible says, are joint heirs with Christ. We are the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. His church on earth. We have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lord, the Lamb of God. Our redemption, like theirs, was all of God and nothing of us all of God not by works then Moses said remember thy servants Abraham Isaac and Jacob our prayers should be based on the promises of God this was a a brave and a very confident prayer by Moses delivered in a humble spirit before a holy God because it was founded on God and his word and God's promises. Hebrews 4 verse 16. Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We are told to approach the throne of God with confidence. Basing our prayer on God's promises and his word then he confessed the sin of the people do we confess our sins before the throne of grace if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and then Moses was afraid that the people around would not glorify God for his works are we ever conscious of glorifying God and his son daily in our lives I want my life to tell for Jesus that everywhere I go I may his goodness show I want my life to tell for Jesus do we live to glorify God and then six finally Do we, like Moses, again and again, praise God for his goodness, our redemption, and his power, and his might, and for his Holy Spirit indwelling each one of us? May our prayers be more like that of Moses. It is no little wonder when we read that prayer that God heard and answered him. May we become more people of prayer based on the word of God as Moses did.